Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to Angel on Top, a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of Angel, one by one, spoiler free, and in tandem with those <laughs> over at Buffering the Vampire Slayer. I'm your co-host, Latoya Ferguson, aka the Cordelia Chase of the Buffering Verse, aka Bones, aka one half of the Gun Squad, aka Theodore K. Mullins, aka Gilly, aka a lover of long-winded bits. I'm just trying to get through them now. <laughs> And I'm your co-host, Morgan Ludich, a.k.a. the Winifred Burkle of the Buffering Verse, a.k.a. also Bones, a.k.a. the other half of the Gun Squad, a.k.a. Frank Skabopoulos, a.k.a. Sorry, a.k.a. also a lover of long-winded bits. Here, I know you guys are upset I didn't go full gilly, so here we go. Gilly. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this week, we're watching Angel Season 3, Episode 21, Benediction. Benediction was written and directed by Tim Manier. It aired on the WB on May 13th, 2002. And this is the one where Angel tries to let Connor Steven come to him, but Holtz has other plans and boxes him out. Previously on Angel, Holtz with a little romantic spiking of Justine in the hand, telling her to find others like her. Angel saying, I'm not your boyfriend. Find someone else to smack you around. Just what we want. A Justine heavy previously. (laughs) Wes is taking the baby away for good. Psych. Throat slice. Hello, son. I am your father. Nothing about Justine. It's really like the, like how funny it is. Like so much Justine. And then they eliminate the part where like, and she's your mother. Who cares? Mm -hmm. You're looking into the court toss. Holtz pushes Justine. Daniel! Daniel! They gotta punch through to Korchoff with dark, dark magics. But there's some cosmic price. Fake out destroyer. Hi, Dad. My name is Steven. A couple of weeks ago, he was wearing diapers. Now he's a teenager? Connor refuses to listen to Angel, but Angel tells him he's got a home. The fissure is closed. Yay! But Sluck Holtz got out. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sounds so good the, the worst phrase Although, i realize he's not even like a sluck uh holds it's more like he's just become sajan you know what i actually didn't think about that but you're right it is kind of a sajan look and it's the idea that like kortoff affected both of them and just like gave them immensely bad vibes and since connor has like demon ancestry it didn't affect him visually like it affected Holtz it's not clear to me but I'll allow it (laughs) no one should look like that and yet he looks like that I don't know what the fuck you think you're (laughs) doing comparing my fucking boyfriend Sajan (laughs) to this fucking monster (laughs) wow 
just had to make my, my voice heard. I just had to make my voice heard. Sajan, hot, Holtz, <laughs> never want to see his fucking horrific face ever again. <laughs> Thank you. You don't want to see his lank bob ever again. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> um, But regarding the Justine of it all, because there's so much Justine in the previouslys, mm-hmm. you know, I read the Hulu description for this episode, which is Angel tries to bond with his son. Holtz tries to reconnect with Justine. <laughs> Even the Hulu preview, like the preview, doesn't know what their deal is. I, I have no idea. Like, like now we're at the end of it um, because you know spoilers for the end of this episode. But um, R.I.P. Daniel, and I still have no clue what their entire deal was. Their scene together is so disturbing and also boring. I I watched it and I was just like, I like this is an awful, like abusive connection these two people have. And he's like manipulated her and made her life worse when she was like a very lost person. But I, I just I don't have it in me to feel sorry because I'm so confused by what's going on with them at every turn. I feel no empathy for Justine whatsoever. Yeah, and I I know that's not what's supposed to be happening. And from what I can tell in terms of how people are reacting to like our show and the amount of Justine slander we are uh, throwing out here, nobody seems to be rising to this character, this performance's defense. Like I it does seem to be like one of the things in this season that is kind of a full creative failure for lack of a better word. Like it's this, this wasn't, this wasn't it. (laughs) It's just this, this character who's not Kate when it should be Kate. Yeah. I was thinking a lot about it being Kate um, in this episode. And I was like, Oh yeah, that would have like really been poignant. Um, but I guess, I guess it, uh, it works cause like Cordelia can have no idea who she is. Yeah. That, like scene where she sees. Her. I was like, oh yeah, Cordelia has no idea who this Justine is. What a lucky woman Cordy is. Skated right over the whole Justine arc. <laughs> the luckiest character on this show. Cordelia wish, Chase. Wish that could be me. <laughs> but yeah. So I was looking at other Hulu descriptions because I'm like, are they mm. all this funny? And a lot of them are pretty much this funny. Um, for last episode, A New World, Angel's son rises from hell as a feral warrior bent on destroying <laughs> his father for his evil path. I mean, accurate, I guess. <laughs> for Double or Nothing, Angel grieves for Connor. Gun is falling in love with Fred. Wes, abandoned by his friends, leaves the hospital alone. <laughs> Why is that in an episode description? I have great sympathy for all summary writers. <laughs> Shall we shall we break right into this app? Let's break on through to the Justine side. Oh Lord. Uh so we open uh same night uh that we left off on in a new yeah, world. Which is crazy because that it's so much has happened. Fred, Fred needs to go take a fucking nap. She was slucked. Poor thing. Yeah, I would love to give Fred, like, a spa day trip. I would love to take care of her and send her a nice, like, pair of pajamas. Yeah, um, because she's literally, been it. they have not taken a break since the events of The Price, because immediately, once they were, like, out of the woods, Connor showed up. Oh, yikes. So, like, 
Oh, she needs to take a shower. Yeah, they're all still in the same clothes they've been in since the price. Oh, my God. Everybody take a shower right now. And, like, poor Fred, she's, like, hungover. She drank that whole bottle of vodka. Like, yeah. I don't know how she's functioning at all. (laughs) It's when I, like, realize I'm like, wait, this is the same clothing they've been wearing for the two episodes before this. It's like, oh, no. Okay, that fucks me up. I don't I don't care for that. Someone take care of Fred. <laughs> but so it's the same night, um, you know, Fred and Gunn are like, oh, shit, like, what are we going to do? Angel ends up coming in and he's very banged up. And he tells them, like, Connor is actually Steven now. And I let him go. They are surprised to hear that. Uh, and they tell him about the, like, vibes Mistress Myrna picked up in the lobby. And they're like, we think something else from Kortoth might have come in. Uh, yikes! Fred is worried that, like, whatever this thing is, it could go after Connor. But Angel isn't worried. He's like, the kid can take care of himself. Fred's rebuttal to that is... He survived Kortoth this long. He can take care of himself. Okay, so he survived an unspeakable hell dimension. Who hasn't? You, you can't just leave him alone in the streets of Los Angeles. He's got to come back on his own. He will. Just as soon as he realizes what he needs. And what's that? My father. Good shit. Good setup. I understand where we're going here. <laughs> Cut to Connor, who needs a room for him and his father. Connor's still wearing Tyke's leather jacket, by the way. What a cool kid. (laughs) He should not wear a leather jacket. He looks ridiculous. It is not the best look for him. He definitely needs, like, an earth haircut. I would say, like, a corduroy jacket he could pull off. Leather jacket, no. No. Especially, like, the oversized nature of it. Like, whereas, like... You know, Boreanis with the shoulders, he'll rock kind of like a on the larger side leather jacket. That's not, that isn't for Carthizer. I think he needs something a little more fitted. Yeah. Um, but I do want to note that uh, we then go to titles and we cut to an exterior of the motel, which is called the French Cottage Motel. <laughs> because Holtz couldn't couldn't resist something vaguely European. <laughs> I did look it up. Uh, it was in Hollywood. I think it got demolished in like 2007. But you know what? At least it's not on the west side. We'll go there later. <laughs> we will go there later. Wow. Latoya, I'm so sad we can't go to this motel together. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't. we can't uh, go in a, the parking lot and like wrestle and poke each other. <laughs> <laughs> Recreate <laughs> Daniel and Justine scene. This is so sad to me. It would have been so good. We would have loved. It's what we were meant to do. Um, so I love that uh, Holtz is looking at a newspaper and he's like, it's just been days. Because he's like, as a time traveler, I must check a newspaper for the date. I mean, he, he knows this because he's an established time traveler. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and Stephen Connor, like, says that this place is, like, nothing like home. And I will say, even Holtz is like, hey, just so you know, Kortoth was never our home. But that is not how, like, Connor Stephen feels about this. He uh, did, however, get out of Kortoth by following the slucks, which, mm-hmm. again, another use of that word. 
which is yeah, bad. Because they never actually say slucks in the price. It's just we knew it because of the script. So mm-hmm. this is the first time they're actually saying slucks. Yeah, which is weird. I, how was anyone supposed to know what that meant? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, the cracks were there already. So it's like Angel could have possibly found a way into Courtauld just if he had a little bit more time. Right. Like they uh, did the thing that needed to be done. Absolutely. Like he was like well on his way and like doing the process. But I think like we talked about last week and like Kristen bringing it up, like it doesn't matter that he was close because it didn't happen. And like his kid went all that time without him. So like like that's a bell that can't be unrung, even if he almost got to a place where he could have saved him. Like it, it almost doesn't count in this situation, uh, which I think is is interesting and is like kind of an area of ground that this episode and this arc with like dealing with parenthood and all this stuff mm-hmm. deals with, which I like. Um, Connor says he would have killed Angel and then gone back to Kortov if Holtz hadn't followed him, which I think is concerning. Like, he likes it there. I am so curious about this because this whole episode is Holtz playing a little prank, basically, on Angel, ultimately. But from what we see in his stuff with uh, Stephen Connors, like, he did try to be a good father and he tried to, like, make... Connor understand at least that Kortoth was just like this terrible place they had to survive but for mm-hmm. whatever reason that didn't stick of the things that stuck that one seemed like a very important one that should have but yeah but I guess also mm-hmm. as they know later like Kortoth kind of poisoned him too so there's that yes it gave him um vibe poisoning but the I, I wrote in my notes at this point like in my opinion like Holtz has failed as a parent even by his own standards if mm-hmm. he is not like convinced Connor that like Kortoth is a bad place, a place where they don't belong, a place mm. that should not be like a formative shaping you yeah. know, thing in Stephen by, Connor's life. Yeah. By teaching him to be driven by hate, that is what made Kortoth so comforting for him compared to this, basically. Because this yeah. is hard because you can't just have hate to live on Earth, basically, at least to function properly. And so uh, I guess this episode, you should just be like every scene, is Holtz a good father? Yes or no? (laughs) Um, And I'm going to say in this scene, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Connor like apologizes for not killing Angel and Holtz replies. Of course you couldn't. It's not in you, son. I've killed lots. Only when you had to. Only to survive. And that's not the real reason why you work so hard to get here. You wanted to see him. So, like, it's interesting that, like, Holtz is playing, and I wonder, like, how much of an act this is. Mm-hmm. The actual, like, compassion that he's demonstrating here for Connor and being like, of course you wanted to see your, you know, quote-unquote real father. Like, of course, like, this is, you know, like, baked into your identity in certain ways and you want to understand it. Um, because, you know, ultimately he ends up being, like, pulling off this huge play where he pretends to be um, a big softie and a huge mm. sweetie and then is like, ah, but then Angel killed me. Um, yeah, and that he, didn't happen. Because <laughs> he could, he taught Connor to kill to survive instead of just, you know, just killing, like, be a homicidal maniac. But basically, by what he does, uh, Connor wanting to kill Angel at the end is, like, a part of that survival. So, like, even doing that, which is, in theory, a good thing, 
was all just to do the little prank at the end. Yeah, it's just like it, it's it's interesting how he like claims the moral high ground when he's like talking to Angel. And I I wonder if any of it is real. Like he talks about loving Connor mm-hmm. and all this stuff, but like, can you love someone? If you do this to that, like, I mean, like, I guess you can is, and it's yeah, messed up. This is but. why I overall like the Holt stuff. Justine doesn't count in that because I think <laughs> the Holt's character himself, like the moral complexity of like a once good man and the, the, how far he's gone to get mm-hmm. vengeance. Like he, it's, he's fucked up and he's he fucked up this kid and it's just a whole mess. And I. Yeah. I I think I find it fascinating because you you're by this point again you you aren't sure what is genuine about him anymore at this point because at least before you could tell like he I think he has completely lost his humanity but we don't for sure know. Um, yeah, he tells um, he and Connor kind of like speak and you get you understand that like Connor Stephen has been raised to believe that God gave him to Holtz to make up for the kids Angel stole from him. And like I'm like okay well like that's interesting like Connor is to one Connor's told God is real and also like believes that he's like this blessing to his dad to make up for this great sin which I do think is interesting and Holtz then says like go to him find what in you is in him but just know that like you know the devil will show you many colors (laughs) so like Jesus like this guy is no fun. <laughs> this the, the devil uh, will show you bright things, many colors. That's where I put it in my notes. Holtz is a bad dad, unlike <laughs> Angel. But also, I guess I kind of appreciate, I feel like religion is probably something you would need in a place like Kortoth just to kind of keep moving forward. Gosh, yeah. It's just, it's interesting in terms of like um, Holtz's like morality being very, mm-hmm. like very old school, very religion based. And yet he's cool giving this like big formative lie to his son like which i mean in i'm i'm not a religious expert or anything but isn't that a sin (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about sins i think lion's bad right (laughs) speaking of the devil and bright things enter lord with a shiny crystal what a good transition very cute. Uh, Fred's going to use the crystal, the um, Cedrian crystal, to power this Geiger counter that she and Gunn found at a yard sale. I write in my notes, Ghostbuster shit. <laughs> um, and Cordelia is like pulls Gunn aside and is like, how's Angel? And, and they've also since taken showers because Cordelia is wearing this iconic black number. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, she is looking good and her eye makeup is very silvery. And I'm like, it is the early aughts. <laughs> <laughs> I feel safe. <laughs> I feel like I'll never know pain. <laughs> so Gru just watches her like ha- only have concern for Angel and go upstairs to go be with him. And he's he's looking sad. And don't worry, everybody. I'm here to defend Gru in this episode. <laughs> Just like, like you all want. <laughs> who's versus Gru in this episode? I don't know. Some people don't like Gru. Kristen. I feel really <laughs> bad for Gru in this episode. Oh, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> I am not anti-Gru in this episode. As I made clear an episode or two ago, I'm on Team Gru. Just not Team yeah. Gru and Cordy. Of He's course. great. Not verse. Yeah. 
Just like to, mm-hmm. to bully you. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like to bully. I like to defame your character because we're in a feud. <laughs> but also, yeah, I mean, uh, it is a fucking feud. So fuck you too. Uh, <laughs> and fuck you as well. <laughs> fuck you very much. Um, but so I, obviously no one is coming to the defense of uh, Justine. But how, how are people reacting to uh, our appreciation of Gru? Um, it's been kind of mixed. Like, honestly, like, I've seen some people who are like, nah, I don't really like Gru, or like, Gru's kind of cheesy, but it it honestly hasn't been, there hasn't been very much Gru talk whatsoever. Our our most heated topic, I would say, in our socials is Wes, and whether or not people like him or not, and that is, Mm. um, I will say, that's, like, the more divisive uh, character that we could discuss later. (laughs) Yeah. As we're just are... drooling. Yeah. I know. I'm like, well, sorry to all of you who don't like Wes as we're slobbering over here. <laughs> as an up in Angel's room, um, he Angel we find Angel doing punches in yeah, a white ribbed tank top. Who yeah, is do. he? Ryan Atwood? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a booty stare and hot spiky hair. If you're straight or gay, your tingly feelings don't care. You're just being honest about this sexy demonic in your Bye for Boreanis. Bye for Ryan Atwood vibes are so strong, and I was thrilled. Yes, I mean, everybody, I finished watching the OC. <laughs> Angel does have big Chino energy. Yeah, he has kid Chino energy when his fists of fury. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thrilled. I was so happy. I write in my notes: Are Angel and Cordy just Ryan and Taylor Townsend? Is Gru Henri Michelle her <laughs> weird guy she's bringing back from a foreign land? <laughs> Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Because it's it's true. I I know now is not the venue, but I would like 45 minutes at least with you to discuss Henri Michelle, Taylor Townsend's French husband from season four <laughs> of the OC um, at length, because I do feel like we need to do that. We do need to talk about we need we just need to talk about the final season of the OC, because Absolutely. One day. <laughs> Want to put it on the list, uh, on the on the slate for us. <laughs> but so Courtney tries to cheer him up and she's like, don't worry, maybe we'll kill something later today. <laughs> but She knows she... the way to his heart. <laughs> but she also tells him, like, you're doing the right thing. And Angel says, what if he doesn't come back? And I'm just like, these two and their emotional support for each other this season... You love to see it. I'm sorry, Gru, but the rest of us love to see it. Oh, yeah. I'm very happy about this. Uh, But speaking of the saddest boy in the world. Oh, boy. (laughs) This scene. This scene. He the emotional support that we just saw in that last scene is continued, but it's between two different people. Lorne is so kind to Gru in this scene. He calls him Bubby, which I screamed. (laughs) Um, I wrote in my notes about Gru, sometimes your partner has less time for you. Like, and that can be okay, but that's not just what this is. Yeah, that's not what's happening here. Yeah, it's not just that she's like preoccupied with taking care of Angel, who's going through a rough time. It's that 
she is fully prioritized him and doesn't seem to care about Gru at all anymore. And I think I wrote in my notes, like, they're a vacation couple, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they're okay when you're on vacation. Like, they're okay when nothing's wrong. But when stuff's wrong, she's just never going to pick him. And I think a thing the show's not really talking about, and we can talk about it, is that, like, yeah, Angel lost his kid, but, like, so did Cordy in a way, too. Like, they were very parental together Mm -hmm. with Connor. Yeah, I would I would fully agree. Um, like, it, and it was just interesting because I do think Cordelia is very maternal to Connor in this episode, especially yeah. you know where she where she good vibe whammies him and you know calls him baby and stuff a lot. Like, it's a very maternal scene, um, which is definitely something to note. <laughs> <laughs> so so Gru says to to Lauren, he's like, I'm really confused by like Angel like not doing anything. Um, you know, he, like, was doing all this shit when Connor was taken, and now he kind of does nothing. And Lauren explains, look, you know, if something's meant to be, you know, it shouldn't be and can't be forced. And they have this whole mm-hmm. conversation. And then Lauren uh, realizes that Gru has been coaxing him into saying all of this stuff that's actually about how Cordelia and Gru are trying to force their relationship and their connection. And Lauren's like, look! you like so smart so insightful and grew is just um making little sad faces and being a sweetheart and he says i'm gonna go for a walk you know tell my princess if she asks and i like i imagine some people could be like he's being like a little mopey like crybaby or something and like she's dealing with something much bigger than his but like i do think she is just like She's not a bad person for not being able to make it work with Gru. But, like, I I think Gru's allowed to be sad. Yeah, I think about that last line, if my princess asks, tell tell her I've gone for a walk, if she asks. I think about that a lot. And I don't think it's him, like, being petty like he was last episode. I think it's Mm -hmm. just, like, I think it's a healthy version of the Riley Finn thing, honestly. Mm -hmm. He's just, like, if it's not meant to be, he's going to accept it. But, you know... He yeah. hopes it is meant to be. He really wants it to be. And he really, like, does have the, like, affection for her and love for her and all of this stuff. But, like, he he's also able to read the fucking room in a way that uh, certain characters can't and, like, see that he's being pulled away from. And I think that is really, like, smart and, like, emotionally mature of him to just be like, I guess I'm just going to kind of, like, peace out and if she cares, then maybe we'll talk about that when I'm back. And if she doesn't, maybe we'll talk about that when I'm back. <laughs> so in our next scene, we're back in Angel's room. And Angel says to Cordy, like, about Connor that he feels further now than when he was first taken. Like, he feels, like, more distant from his son, which breaks my heart. And then he says... That's just so much I thought it, we'd be able to do together before he, you know... Crap. Hated me. Angel, he doesn't hate you. He doesn't even know you. But he will. He's gonna come back, Angel. Hmm. How do you know? Because. He has to. Because he's family. Ow. Ow! Why are we doing this? And then to to hurt me further, 
to cause me more pain. We say family and then we immediately cut to Wes. Uh, and I write in <laughs> all caps, cut to Wes's apartment in an attempt to hurt me specifically. Oh, my note is, speaking of family, we have Wes, the, in all caps, saddest man alive. Eating a microwave dinner and drinking wine alone. And I'm like, sir, I I love you. I hope <laughs> I hope it gets better for you. Do we really want it to get better for him? That's the thing. Do we? Yeah, like, when he, he keeps getting hot. hotter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He has a lot of his buttons done up, so how sad is he? <laughs> Um, his computer beeps, and I love that he goes to his computer and he clicks on an envelope icon that then opens into a message. You know, like email works. Uh, and it says, like, gives him an address and it says to come alone. And I was Which like... Which is also... Yeah, it's not a real address, by the way. I looked it up. I'm like, that's not a place. <laughs> so then back in the Hyperion lobby, Fred is using her Geiger count. Uh, her Geiger counter and she is like ah I'm picking up a reading I'm picking up a reading and then she picks up a very heavy reading and who is it but it's Connor but she's like yeah this is pretty and then she looks up at him and says hot and I'm like no no agreed stop that right now I don't care for it I don't appreciate the implication again that's why I question who else was up for the role in the WB stable of boys? Because Carl Thatcher was not in the WB stable of boys. Like, that is really implying, like, heart throbbery that is completely absent. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, like, I, I like say what you want about. Like Vincent Carthizer is a, a performer, and I can say a lot of very good things because uh, I, I, I love me some Pete Campbell, but um, not like. A hottie like i don't know if anyone had like posters of him on their doors that they <laughs> kissed you know and i'm not saying this to be an asshole or anything like that but like that moment just feels so weird to me and i i truly hated it now imagine if connor was played by chad michael murray Ooh, yeah then there would have been like a slow pan she would have been like, like shirts open hot. yeah <laughs> There would have been, like, an 80s guitar riff and the wind would have blown. Yeah, all right, I'll allow it. (laughs) Change approved. Yes, but I love that, like, Angel and Team Angel all, like, freeze and they're like, okay, like, no sudden moves. This kid is super weird. Like, we can't fuck this up for Angel. It's so cute. respectful and polite as heck. Lauren saying, hello, young man. It's... So sweet. Um, Stephen Connor is giving Lorne looks that I don't care for. Oh, just you wait. I, I'm going to barely slap this kid. Good. <laughs> Deserves it. Uh, then Cordelia, before, like, you know, as everyone's kind of clearing out, and it seems like maybe Angel and his son are going to have a moment, Cordelia has a very loud vision of about danger in a bar but like the way her vision is manifesting she is in the bar and screaming over the music (laughs) there's some some ladies in danger from a bunch of vamps if only cordy hadn't been gone then she would have known it was justine and we didn't have to worry at all (laughs) because who cares what happens to her it's like never mind it's just justine we can stay (laughs) truly (laughs) ah just justine fine (laughs) 
uh brit is in this um so yeah it is uh like angel is like oh i gotta go and connor's like oh okay whatever like i don't even care and he's like no no it's kind of my job and there's a lot of killing and violence you want to come Take your son to work day. Dad date. <laughs> um, I was so thrilled. This My is favorite so Netflix cute. movie, Dad Date. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Um, it was so, so cute. We go to this club. There's a this, lot of glow sticks. This busted ass rave. Of course, Justine. Go. I, I know she was tricked, but also this is a busted ass rave. <laughs> this place did not look fun. <laughs> Those are, you had girls who were kind of almost sexily dancing with each other. <laughs> but also, like, they're, like, really at a distance. Like, truly, yeah. like, high school dance, like, leaving room for Jesus in the middle kind of stuff. Yeah, not not the good vibe. Um, but there is Wes and there is Lila. So it's not like this whole thing is completely devoid of sexuality. <laughs> um, I love you know, she sent him the message, obviously. Well, I love that she's drinking a martini at a rave. So hot. She clowns on him for being alone, which is so funny. She's like, I thought, like, writing come alone in my note was a nice touch. Because, like, how else are you going to come? <laughs> I also, did, when I read the, like, the, the message, I was like, Who, who's he going to bring? Yeah. But just cool new friends. I would love to see Wes trying to make new friends various places. <laughs> Going to rare, like, occult bookstores and being like, hey, um, I don't, do you want to get a drink after this? And <laughs> look over some rare texts with me. <laughs> so Justine's at the bar and Lila, like, laid a vampire trap for her, essentially. Told her there'd be a lot of vampires there. Told vampires she'd be there. And uh, now she's going to let it blow. <laughs> And because Justine's not good at this, she just walked right into the trap. I am actually kind of upset at how bad she is at this because she has, like, she can't even fight off a vampire in this scenario. Like, what do you do? She's a complete damsel. Like, she should be, like, strapped with weapons and shit, like, and ready for this. But um, it seems like we're being lured into a corner. I just, that? I just wanted to know if you could come into my corner. So I have quite, I have just a couple questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So you're you're both more knowledgeable in television than I am, okay? You have many episodes of a TV show. You have a character that I'm going to assume nobody fucking wants back. Nobody wants... Nobody... <laughs> stop it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I have all the space in the world and agree with you, LaToya, smart person that you are, that Holtz's arc is really interesting. And it, like, this is the episode where I find his arc to be really interesting before I was kind of mm-hmm. like, eh, but I, I like where it goes here. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? All she all she's needed for is to kill the guy? Why why would you bring him? Just please tell me any good reason why we have to have Justine here again. Here's the thing, there is no good reason. Uh, I I'll tell you what would be the reason in the room. 
Yeah. It's one, this person knows Holtz and like is an ally of his and we don't have to meet a new person. Like that's honestly, like, we don't have to hi- cast a new actor, hire a new person, do all this stuff. Like this is but a But he thing- could have just killed himself. I mean, not promoting suicide, but like it's a show that, you gotta, that has- gotta do- the frame job, and you might mess that up. Yeah, what if right. he couldn't poke himself too tiny? He needed Although, to poke I, I himself twice, precisely, at the I distance also think of fangs. The frame job doesn't make sense anyway, because, like, if a vampire is biting you, they're draining you of your blood, yeah. as opposed to when you're being stabbed with a pokey thing. Isn't your blood just going to pop out or whatever? Yeah. I mean, he could have just hired a vampire to actually fucking drain him. Uh, but he wouldn't give one the satisfaction. Oh! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to agree with you that I think this is the most compelling part of his journey as well. And I, and I honestly wish there was a little bit more space to dig into like this part of yeah. how he's feeling and how like he talks later to Angel and he says, look, look, if that's vengeance, I have no taste for it. And I'm like, I do actually want to hear him speak on how like Me vengeance too. has served him like how hate has fueled him and all these things and the like the time he has with justine where he can speak about this stuff like you know i'm not thrilled justine's there but i'm happy and interested and compelled to hear him voice his yeah. thoughts and feelings about this but i definitely felt like that was the this was the most interesting part of his journey and it's it's very very brief and all the other stuff you know we i think we play the same beats over and over again like this to me was like the meat of it i think the, well i think the issue the issue might be just that the fact that we never get to see Korjov, and i think mm-hmm. for like logistical and monetary reasons like they should never show Korjov anyway because mm-hmm. like it, w- it would be underwhelming probably uh but i think that's part of it like you kind of want to actually see what they experience but like Nothing they show will probably ever be good enough for what it should be, you know? Yeah, yeah. Our totally imagination's true. always more powerful, almost always more powerful. Very yeah, true. so, you know, I'll, I'll, I know you have the whole episode to talk about still and, and what have you, but I agree so wholeheartedly. I wish there was more, and I felt myself being really frustrated by this frame job. I don't remember what, ha- I honestly don't remember what happens in the, in the, finale or in the rest of the damn series but I just (laughs) felt like there was such a richness in some of that from Holtz Mm -hmm. that like the way that the fact that it ended with this like double pierce faux vampire bite I was like come on man like you had so much good shit there and like we're here so I'm I am I get to listen in live as you talk about it all (laughs) thank you for joining me in my corner also fuck you both because the feud but care about you deeply because it's complicated (laughs) i cannot wait for the finale Kristen's corner because i would love to know your reaction to how the season ends can't wait see you then bye later I think we should uh, bleep every time I say an insulting thing about Kristen or Jenny. That way, it's really funny. I love that, and I'm in. (laughs) Um, Love a bit. You know I love a bit. Uh, So I love Lila in headhunter mode. I love her in, like, uh, devil-on-the-shoulder seductive mode because, one, hot, and because, two, it's really interesting for her to see value in someone. 
and and to want something from them and try to get it like she's usually such a high status character and she still is and is you know like playing it like let me do you the favor of recruiting you but like that'd be a huge get for Wolfram and Hart to have a watcher like that would be enormous like she's being very very smart here um and she says you know like Wes tries to blow her off and is like cool thanks for inviting me is awful rave by and lila's like well actually like right now you have a choice like are you gonna warn justine that like she's in the middle of a trap or are you just gonna leave and you know like let the woman who slit your throat die (laughs) (laughs) and she's like hey cool i like that you're hesitating that's all i need to know um and she says, but don't worry, like, I'll, like, to assuage your your worries, like, I'll ensure that she's, like, you know, pulled out and that she's kept safe. Because that's what you want, right? Because you're such a good guy. <laughs> um, a plus. Uh, hot, but also, I think, a good argument. Very much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I'm sure all of this recruitment is off the books, too, because she wants to have, like, basically a big whammy to show off because, you know. Things aren't great right now, as Gavin said. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine Gavin's face if she walked in there with Wes and was like, check out our new hire that I secured. Ha. <laughs> he looks so stupid. <laughs> Look like a little dummy. <laughs> so upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Want to see it immediately. Please. Please for me. Uh, so then uh, on the dance floor, Angel and Stephen Connor show up. Wes gets it pretty quickly that like he like watches them fight uh Angel teaches his son how to slay and like gives him a steak and stuff it's really cute and Stephen Connor's like why are you killing these vampires they're just like you um Angel sees Justine (laughs) and she sees him and he's like oh (laughs) I wish he'd just left (laughs) But instead, they fight. Stephen Connor does a bunch of big jumps. Yeah, uh, Justine's immediately like grabbed by the, the vampires, and she can't fight back at all. Like, what was all that training in a dark room for? And especially, like, she is prepared for a fight. She was told to come here because there would be vampires for her to fight, and yet, once vampires start fighting her, she appears completely at sea. <laughs> It's like if Morgan was in a vampire fight. <laughs> I think I would do a better job. I like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. you would. I'd kick. I I was like, kick them. <laughs> do something. Do one thing, please. They're bitching. Like the vampires are like, she thinks she's a slayer. It's like, does she? She's not doing anything. Yeah, she uh sucks. And I mean, like honestly, <laughs> yeah, I... use those chunky boots. Use those weapons. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote in my notes for a wannabe slayer. Justine remains so bad at this. Absolutely terrible. I guess she's only good at killing vampires that are like chained up in a spooky death house. <laughs> well, you know what? Now that we've seen all the vampires coming to get her, we've seen all the new characters in this episode, which means it's time for a fuck watch at the least sexy rave ever. Hit it, biatch. <laughs> Watch. 
you fucking? Oh. And is it Sluck? Colts. <laughs> it's not. It's not on on such principle. Um, huh. Good gravy. You know, I think in this episode, uh, someone has has stepped forward in a way that I think is lovely, and um, I would like to say Lorne. Because I'm really proud of him. He's a sweetheart in this episode. He's got a good suit. And he's being very emotionally supportive of everybody. And um, being very mature with Connor. Despite him acting like a real asshole. Um, So I will say Lorne. Because I um, have already fucked Angel. And I can't say uh, Angel Ryan Atwooding. I'm going to fuck grew the poor baby uh just go to him i feel i feel so bad for him and i guess someone would give him a sympathy bang that's beautiful of you can i fuck lila again <laughs> no damn <Once>. it <laughs> you can fuck sajan on limited times though because of like dimensional rifts and stuff okay i'm going to another dimension <laughs> see you later <laughs> Yeah, they're just staking vamps at the rave. Mm-hmm. Everyone's watching like it's the ninja rap. <laughs> it's it's very silly. Lila sees uh, Stephen Connor and is like, who's the boy wonder? And Wes is like, eh, he fights just like his father. Like, that's Angel's kid. Yeah. So, because here's the thing, as I'm going to keep harping on it, but like, he kind of flails around in his movements because he's so lanky. So, like, he doesn't move just like his father because... He's not a broad-shouldered man, so his body does not move like a broad-shouldered man. Yeah, it's 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 not quite there in terms of like their fighting styles being really that similar. But the moment that I do really like, I love when they're back to back, and when Angel like grins at the prospect of like fighting shoulder to shoulder with his son. Like that's but, such a good moment. But before they're back to back, like right immediately before it, he is flailing around <laughs> before he gets into position. Poor Gumby. This is Stephen Connor. <laughs> as, as, it's good that we're doing a bunch of flailing here because podcasting is a visual medium, as everyone knows. <laughs> um, so Wes, like, like, like Lila's like, this is pretty interesting. Are you going to leave now? And Wes is gone. Um, hilarious of him. Uh, Stephen Connor uh, chases like a straggler out the door in an alley. Uh, you know, Stephen Connor is looking, looking for the guy who ran, and then he hears something behind him, and he almost stabs his dad. And there's this moment where, like, he and Angel are kind of like, like Angel's gripping the stake in his hand, and then he kind of just like hits his son and flips him around so that Connor stakes the vampire behind him right in the heart. It's silly. <laughs> He says, like, they, he's like it's, you did good. And, you know, he's like, it's good to know that you can handle yourself. And then they play fight a little bit. And Connor smiles. And Angel says, it's good to know that you can do that, too. And my heart Aww. melted. And I read in my notes, Holtz's bitch ass is watching. <laughs> Real father and son. B- I-, I write in my notes, Holtz watches them have fun. In quotes, hmm, how can I ruin this? <laughs> Oh, we should also note that um, 
at the rave, Justine clearly realizes who Connor is. And Connor's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. You're not my mother, obviously. I only have my father, Daniel Holtz. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> uh, yeah, da- my, my dad told me about this weird, needy girl who he knew <laughs> around the time he like came into custody of me. <laughs> Can't remember her name, though. <laughs> I can hear chunky boots on the wind. Clomp, clomp. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. In the motel, um, Stephen Connor is eating an Oreo. Fun. I need him to eat real food soon. <laughs> I'm worried about the boy. Yeah, I am worried about his the nutritional value of what he's been eating. <laughs> because, like, what was he eating on Corta? Demon meat. <laughs> <laughs> slug meat. Slug. Ugh. Deep fried slugs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ew, I don't want to think about that.
Um, Holtz enters, and uh, Stephen Connors like, "Hey, hey, I was with I was with my father, and he tried to fool me by acting all nice, but it didn't work. Like I'm, you know, I'm you, know, your son, and like I'm the kid yeah, you raised." He's like, he's like, he was everything you said, basically. Mm-hmm. But like, but when we know Holtz obviously acknowledged that Angel had genuinely changed, it was just his issue that that change didn't undo anything mm-hmm. from before. So, like, at first, you know, Holtz is like, I'm, I'm telling the truth to you. But, mm-hmm. like, clearly not. If, if that's what he's saying, he's like, he's going to try to trick you with his goodness. It's like, no, that's just who he is now. Yeah. Like, that is that is lying. And that is, and I, and I know he thinks he's doing it for a noble reason to protect, you know, this boy that he considers a son. But um, I don't like it. I don't care for it. Holtz, if I see you in an alley, I'm going to poke you twice in the neck. <laughs> Morgan said it's on site. You watch out. <laughs> uh, in Angel's room with Angel and Cordy. Angel's telling Cordy all about with it. Cordy, Cordy just sprawled on Angel's bed. Cordy's like laying on the bed with her feet up in the air. Like she's like Winston Bishop on a cord phone. Like she <laughs> is loving it. Uh, I do just have my notes smooch you too for real it's getting out of hand uh, he says it's like we'd never been apart you should have seen us and she's like I did like now with my abilities like I don't know if it's something I'll be able to do like every time but I went back into the vid- vision and I watched you fight with your son and it was beautiful I'm so kiss, glad she got kiss, to be there kiss. for that. Like, given right? the given like the maternal role she's played for him, I'm like, oh, like it means a lot that Cordy got to be present in some way for that. Like, that's lovely. And again, this is why we're having a better time than those chicks over at Buffering the Vampire Slayer. This is what we get. Yeah, those <laughs> better watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Jesus, Morgan, what's with the slur? <laughs> <laughs> being defamed um so then uh back at the motel holds is like you know what like go to him be with him it's what you want so i write in my notes white fang schmidt the only book on your kindle like he's like can't you see we don't want you anymore connor <laughs> ew like this sucks he says you know it's time to to give you back like go get your answers and like understandably like connor's like why are you doing like don't do this to me don't leave me i'm like whatever you think like it isn't good for your kid to play mind games with them it's like you're a bad dad and i and i know because i spent a whole episode of this podcast assessing the quality of angel being a dad and I found out that he was a good dad. So I know what a bad dad looks like. And it looks like Daniel Holtz. <laughs> I don't care for him. Then in Gun's truck, they're at a spot where like Fred's, uh, you know, Ghostbuster Geiger counter machine led them to. And we realize they're out in front of the the motel. Stephen Connor like leaves in a huff and they're like, oh, like the reading was just him. Except... Nope. <laughs> They see Holtz in the doorway with his lank bob. <laughs> Closing the door like a little creeper. No one closes the door like that. He's clearly, he's just staring out into the abyss, slowly closing the door. I mean, it probably makes great uh, previously fodder, I gotta say, but... 
but what a angsty, dramatic little piss baby. I I don't care for it. This is why we're going to fight, me and Holtz. Um, and, you know, Gunn and Fred are like, oh, shit. Like, um, and uh, Gunn refers to Holtz as a short, scary. <laughs> Burn. Then in the Hyperion lobby, Lauren is in his pajamas and a robe because he is the only one acknowledging that they've had a long day. <laughs> um, and uh, like Connor Steven comes in and he's like, hey, like I can show you to your dad. And instead of being like, thank you, sir, I would love that. He is a big old jerk. And he's a big old bigot. Yeah, he calls him a filthy demon. And it is gross like he speaks with like such hate and such coldness it's gross the way he looks at Lorne it's very upsetting um I didn't didn't care for this do you want to verbally slap this uh this child like you mentioned before because I'd love to love to be witness to that (laughs) I mean really I just want Lorne to physically slap this child he changed your diapers he babysat you when your family was off doing adventures and going to the ballet Mm -hmm. like fuck you kid yeah and lauren uh gets cut off calling him a prick which i was like right no one's that's a very underused insult i never hear anyone calling someone a prick and i'm like that's great i love it (laughs) um well i think mm -hmm. like they can't actually say prick on tv yeah you could just say prick (laughs) yeah yeah so cordy enters and like is like hey like let's calm everything the fuck down Lauren's a good person. Yeah. And like here, like demon doesn't always mean evil. Look at me. Like I'm a demon, like part demon by choice. And uh, And so he pulls a knife on her. Little bitch. (laughs) What was his plan? Like, why are you attacking Angel's people, even if they're demons? Like, just if the whole thing was go over there, not go attack his friends i guess he's feeling all out of sorts because of his like father's abandonment but um yeah he like is like like makes a crazy (laughs) face and like holds his curved blade up to cordy's throat yikes it's not looking good we go to commercial we come back and uh cordy hits him with her glow worm powers (laughs) and it's good. It, it's working. Um, from the script, it says she seems to be connecting with him on some raw, complete level. He looks so sad. And so does she, feeling everything that he's feeling, knowing just exactly what she's flushing out of him as this happens. Yeah, later Lauren refers to it as like a soul colonic. Um, yeah, you can like yeah. hear screams as it's happening too, which... Is so yeah. fucked. You can hear like the sounds of Kortoth and she's saying, let it go, honey. You don't need that. Which I think is 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 very is a very specific choice of words because the idea that like all of this stuff Connor has taken on, and as much as we like to clown on him for being a little weirdo, um, he everything that he is and everything that he did, he did to learn how to survive in like an uninhabitable environment while being raised by someone who, in my opinion, is fundamentally evil. Like, and and that's so much to overcome. Like, especially at the age of like, what, 17, 18? Like, how do you overcome that much 
formative trauma and and that she says you can let all of those things that you learned all of those behaviors you learned to protect yourself from the vicious things around you because you don't need that here and i think that that's like such a compassionate and beautiful way of um of saying that and she holds him and he cries and he's like suddenly just like very soft and uh, so am I and I write in my notes in all caps Gordy holds me <laughs> would love her to just put her good vibes on me <laughs> I thought this was like really lovely it made agreed yeah uh I mean He's still fucked up, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it helps for a little bit at least. It helps with like something that needed to be fundamentally changed about him at least, even though he, you know, he's still, he's still got some anger, but now that, that place is no longer on him. Yes. Which is like, which is good. And Angel sees this and is like clearly very affected by the sight of it. Cause who wouldn't be? Um, we go to the scene in the office and Cordy's like, yeah, I like I'm feeling pretty tired from what I just did, but I'm I'm OK. And uh, it's explained that she like cleaned him of Kortoth, like you said, Angel kneels at her feet and thanks her, which is my kiss, kiss, kiss moment of the episode. There is something about uh, uh, proud warrior man kneeling in front <laughs> of the 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 woman that he's just absolutely like gobsmacked by constantly. That just absolutely kills me. <laughs> smooch, 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 mm-hmm. please. She says, like the you know the sad thing is that like Connor Stephen thought Quartoth was where he belonged, and it's just like oh god no like that's again like the the damage that that like the psychic damage that that place and the circumstances within it did to him like i think you can't emphasize it enough like it really is just like a daunting amount of stuff to cope with deal with and like in an i don't know how you move on from it like it's it's really like hard to even like fathom and think about um and i and i'm i'm interested in like the idea like this is one of those things that you can only do on a show that is supernatural like this. Like I like I think it's it's interesting to talk about like the parallels to like real issues versus the kind of stuff that can only come up in genre entertainment. Like this is obviously like kind of an out of this world, literally, um, thing that has happened to Connor. But I think you can talk about like the real world implications. Like how do you help a kid who was so hurt at such a formative age like how can you like you can't undo it much like the all the Holt stuff like it doesn't almost saving him from it doesn't matter like he experienced that trauma and that's something that you're going to have to find a way to like help him heal from and that's a really long road and I think it's really daunting but it's really beautiful like what Cordelia can do and this space that Angel tries to create for him and it's really upsetting how Holtz manipulates him. Like, I, I found myself just, like, really, really, like, disgusted uh, by the end of this mm-hmm. episode and, like, very hurt by it. Yeah. It seems whatever it did, like, Lauren gives Connor some tea and, you know, Connor doesn't, you know, recoil or anything <laughs> like that. So that's a, a good sign, at least. Something, right? Yeah. Uh, Angel goes to talk to Connor and he's like, 
I think I tried to kill your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you, you did. You really did. It wasn't cool. <laughs> it was like, yeah, well, she's used to it. <laughs> Angel tries to get his son to stay. And he's like, this could be your home, you know? And like Stephen Connor says he doesn't have a home because he feels so like, like, Gone from Kortoth, a place that he understood and learned how to live in. Then rejected by the only father he's ever known. So the idea that his place by that man's side also taken from him. And now he just feels so lost. And that is like such a dangerous place for him to be in. It's such a precarious position. Like I I do think it's just like crafted so well in terms of like the place he's in uh, to you know, be tricked like this. Like, I just fully buy it. Connor's like, you speak as though you're my father. And Angel's like, you're going to be like, I am your father. But Connor keeps going on about how, well, Holt said this, that they came back for a reason. And that's how Angel learns that Holt is back too. Just as Fred and Gunn show up to tell the news. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Justine goes to see her Daniel. And in my notes, I write, Justine and Holt's reunite and I barf. And then my <laughs> next note is Daniel in quotes and then says, ew. So, you know how I reacted to this scene. (laughs) Daniel will never not be funny. It's so funny. Every time they're pushing her for no reason. He didn't have to do that. (laughs) There was no, and it saved no time. It did nothing. Because you know she wasn't going to try to jump into Korchoth. That's the thing. She wasn't going to do it. <laughs> he could have just ran it and it would have been fine because she wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. But no. Had to shove her. Uh, so then in the in the Hyperion office, Angel's like, hey, gun Fred. Like, take Connor somewhere. Show him, like, a place where the world isn't as ugly as he thinks it is. And don't tell him what I'm doing. To which uh, they're like, all right, and leave. And Cordy, like, kind of stops Angel on his way out and says, Wait, Angel, before you go, we have to do that thing. What thing? That thing we do. You know, that thing where I say, are you sure you know what you're doing? And Angel, please think about this. And then you ignore me and rush headlong into trouble. Right. That thing. Okay, we done? Angel, please think about this. In fact, don't go there at all. I have to. I know. But don't. I'm not going to kill him, even though he deserves it. Oh, I don't care if you kill him. He stole Connor's childhood, so kill him. But don't lie to your son. And Cordy's got this, the best head on her shoulders, because she's absolutely right here. Would have been cool if Angel had listened. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's really cool? What? This Justine and Daniel scene. How dare you? <laughs> I thought something cool was going to happen. Before you, there was nothing, as she tells him. Mm-hmm. I was dead. They'd taken my sister. <laughs> They'd taken a part of me. <laughs> you gave me a reason again, even if it was all lies. She says, I'd have followed you into hell if you'd let me. And I write, LMAO, we know. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're aware that that was like how ride or die you were for this older man who you have a confusing relationship with that I don't understand. <laughs> I still think, though, she wouldn't have jumped into Kortov. I think she would have been like, wait, what the fuck? 
Even if he hadn't pushed her. I don't know. Maybe she would have. Like, she, because I don't. She dies immediately going through the She portal. would. She'd like, because she'd like get chopped in half going through the portal. Like, the portal would like close <laughs> around her and like uh, Rose McGowan in the garage door in Scream. She'd just get like broken. <laughs> At least that's what I believe. <laughs> um. Holt says he, like, he believes that, like, his hate kept him alive in Kortoth. And he's like, but I really do love, like, Stephen, though. Which is interesting. Like, he does still believe himself capable of that, even though clearly this place did a number on him. (laughs) And Justine very politely isn't like, what's with your face? (laughs) She likes looking at that face, too, apparently. Okay. All right, Justin. <laughs> he just needs her to do one more thing for him. Then his vengeance can be done. What does he ever do for her? I mean, I guess she was like, I was dead. But like, really, he's never done anything for her. He gave her a cult that she threw in the trash. Like, like all of those people could have hung out with you. Like, you know, now that... They should have been at the rave. Yeah, they all should have come. <laughs> But I guess, like, Justine, just not as charismatic a leader. Which, again, we know it has only been days, and yet the cult has completely dissolved because Justine had no way of, like, rallying them. (laughs) Like, she called a second cult meeting and no one came, and she was like, I bought donuts. Like, this is... It's after she said, like, yeah, the plan went just like we wanted. Holtz got the baby. We're done now. (laughs) Great job, Justine. So then at the beach, we've taken uh, Stephen Connor to see the ocean. And he says, I didn't you know, expect it to be this empty. And Fred explains it's actually full of stuff. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. She also says, like, she's like, I just want you to know, like, like, I get how lost you're feeling. Like, that's how I felt after Pylea. And um, Connor's like, I actually don't feel lost. And then he walks into the ocean i thought he was genuinely going to just walk into the sea and i started laughing so i was like do it um but he didn't he just walks you know closer to the water to check it out which fair he hadn't seen the ocean yet uh so good and fred you know they talk about keeping him busy and distracted while angel confronts his kidnapper good god like like they've seen him do stuff he shouldn't be able to do they should they should not be surprised at all about what happened. This is I was I was very upset with them. Uh Connor can hear them and is like he, like my dad is in danger so he zoops off like running like a maniac. <laughs> he gives and them Gun's such like, a Wait, there's no way there's no way he heard like you saw him jump on that bus. He absolutely heard. Get with the program. <laughs> Come on. Come on, guys. You're you're better than this. You're smarter than that. Like, Fred hasn't slept in, like, 48 <laughs> hours, and she's, like, you know, still, like, working off a hangover. But, like, Gun, come on. You're, I, you're, you know Gun, what to do. Gun can't seem to wrap his head around the entire Connor uh, situation at all. <laughs> to be fair, it is weird. <laughs> he is confused by every single moment. Nothing, yeah, like, in t- to his internal credit, nothing about Connor makes sense. <laughs> he is a baffling entity. <laughs> so I do have sympathy for Gunn in that way. <laughs> um, 
in the Hyperion lobby. Um, oh boy. Cordy sees a figure in silhouette with broad shoulders, and she's like, Angel, you took my advice! Yay! It means so much to me that you're here and you came back. It's Gru. <laughs> Gru, who she did not ask about once. Did not notice he was gone all day. That is also what makes it so sad, and I'm like, anyone who's like, eh, like, Gru's a crybaby when he's like, you know, if she asks or whatever, anyone who would argue that that's like petty or mopey or like, whatever, I'd be like, she actually didn't notice, though. She didn't notice the whole day that he was gone, and that is not good. And then when it's him, she's like, whoops, not the man I wanted to see. Ouch! I wrote ow in my notes because it, it doesn't feel good. Um, then in the motel, Holtz is finishing up a letter that he's writing and he's folding it up. Angel shows up. They have this exchange about like temporary dwellings and whether or not Angel would need an invitation to come in. And Holtz doesn't remember anymore. And he's like, it's so weird. That stuff used to matter to me. And now it doesn't. Which I think is kind of, like, fun and interesting and textured. Um, Angel is very mad. He, like, you know, pushes Holtz around and he's like, you stole my son. And Holtz is like, I kept your son alive. You killed my kids. Fair. (laughs) Deeply fair. The point was made, yeah. Uh, Holtz is like, look, I can see that you're, like, sorry. Like, and he's like, but you've never said you're sorry. And Angel's like, would that matter at all? And he's like, it might matter a little bit. We noted it before when they first interacted in the present, Angel was immediately snarky, which is ridiculous mm-hmm. considering what he did to this man. Yeah. And like what he and he was also like about to be a father himself. Like, like I feel like it's just like, come on, you know, this is a big deal. Like and, and it's clearly meant so much to him. And so I says, he said, OK, I'm sorry for whatever little it might mean. Like, I am sorry. And I, I really wish like I like I wish there could have been more here. You know, like I wish we could have seen like Connor start to soften towards Angel like a little more and Holtz feel like he was like slipping away from him a lot and then making this calculated decision. And there could have been like more of this weird gray area where the two of them talk, Mm -hmm. but um, they kind of have this conversation about like justice versus vengeance. And he's like, Holtz is like, well, if that's vengeance, you know, I have no taste for it. And he gives Angel this letter that he leaves unsealed and is like, you can read it, but give it to like my kid, I love my son. I'm doing this for him. And he starts to leave the motel. And he's like, just so you know, like, Steven's not going to believe that I'm that I would do this. He's not going to be okay with me leaving. He's going to look for me. But don't worry, he won't find me. And he, you know, leaves seemingly noble. And I just think this is such a shitty thing to do. Yep. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> Fuck Daniel. Fuck Daniel. I'll say it. Uh, Then we see Connor running. Angel's in his car. He starts reading the letter, which is in, you know, Holtz's voiceover as Connor runs. And the letter says that, like, Holtz couldn't bear to say goodbye in person. So he has to do it through the letter. And then we cut to the alleyway. Justine and Holtz are locked in an embrace, but not one of romance. One of violence? 
it's horrible. He's like, I'm not asking. He's like, I'm just asking you to send me to hell, like not to you know, Yeah. Like <laughs> he says you said you'd do anything for me. Continues to be completely unhealthy. Creep. Creep. Never good. Like you th- like to think you're in any way righteous, like you're just a monster. Um she pokes him twice in the neck. And he slowly <laughs> bleeds a little from the poke. I'm like, it must have taken him forever to bleed out from those two tiny little pokes. <laughs> like, a vampire sucks. Like, there's suction. Like, there's no suction. I'm saying, like, this body is not being drained of blood. And if, like, it's just going that slow, <laughs> then, like, he's in full blood. It should be, like, just blood pooling, which also wouldn't be a vampire thing. Yeah, there should be blood absolutely everywhere he should be in a huge puddle of it this would look preposterous (laughs) Uh, i mean literally just if you look for two seconds it's clear he was not killed by a vampire deeply deeply clear um the letter uh continues and says like angel will help you find purpose um an angel like closes the letter and is like smiling to himself and he's like cool i did it like you know Holtz is giving me my son back and like I have this new chance and then we cut to Holtz and he's dead (laughs) and we cut to Stephen Connor as he rounds the corner and finds Holtz and Justine outside the motel his father dead with two little holes in his neck and he says and jealous you're telling me no one heard Justine's shrieks during all of this (laughs) Daniel <laughs> I, I don't want to do this Daniel I don't want to poke you in the neck Daniel you told me no one heard that poke me in the neck again Justine <laughs> why wouldn't they use like a barbecue poker because that was always the thing they said is like what the vampire bites are like anyway yeah just get a two-pronged thing then you only had to do it once or like get him in his like carotid like like there's an artery there that would bleed quickly and yet the blood is just dribbling she is literally bad at even this (laughs) cannot even kill her weird boyfriend dad like like what are like try to label their relationship now that it's over because he's dead boyfriend dad uncle cult leader what like i can't put a finger on it and i don't care to but at the same time i want an answer oh my god i'm so i i've never entered at the end of an episode before but i just could i was cackling so loudly in my room by myself and i was like i have to turn the mic on justine the patron saint of angel on top The truly the Justine of it all. The, the fucking just. Oh my god. Okay. Justine. Bye. <laughs> I can't wait till one day we'll be rid of her. When? Who knows? Who knows? I fear that Justine will never leave me. Like Justine's actually a series regular in season four. Spoiler. <laughs> like even if Justine never came back, I could never shake her. Like the damage is done. <laughs> uh and that and that's that's benediction man um so so painful uh we are we are being set up for a brutal finale 
And obviously I can't remember what happens in it either. So <laughs> I just, I've pit in my stomach. Now, no, Stephen Connor has seen his dad with two little holes in his neck. And maybe he's gonna gonna shamble on up to that uh, that hotel room. And maybe that motel has cable. Or maybe it just has basic TV. But I wonder if it has the WB. And I bet Angel is the WB where he is. So what might uh, some of our, our gang watch uh, to soothe them after this day? <laughs> that was such a smooth question. Woo! <laughs> That's why I get paid the big bucks, baby. Hit it, bitch. Angel is a vampire. Does he even like TV? I think he'll like the WB. <laughs> they got that hot teen drama to ease the pain and trauma. And here's the episode that he needs to see. So, as we see in this episode of Television Benediction, mm-hmm. Daniel Holtz does a little prank on Angel. It's just very cruel. Mm-hmm. It's not good to do to people, which reminds me a little bit of, you know, reality TV of the aughts. <laughs> Truly the dregs of reality TV. Just hateful, angry things. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. For the listener, I made an X with my arms because I was worried that Latoya is about to bring up the Jamie Kennedy experiment. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but no, instead it would be the one season WB rally show, Superstar USA, which was, of course, building off uh, the brand that American Idol had made with, you know, the terrible auditions, mm. the William Hungs, if you will. Ah. So in Superstar USA, basically, it was looking for the worst singers in the world, but it would tell them that they were good singers. This show gaslit people and manipulated them into thinking they were good singers. It told uh, audience members that their singing was like basically a dying wish situation. Mm -hmm. That way they would applaud them Mm -hmm. and help, you know, boost their egos. It was... A horrible, horrible piece of early 2000s reality TV. Yes, it aired in 2004. The perfect time for this. The judges were Tone Loke and Vitamin C. Vitamin C got her hands dirty on this. Vitamin C, that you would do this. I'm disappointed. (laughs) But yeah, that kind of malicious prank reminds me a lot of what Holtz did. And you know what? Angel should watch this so he can know. He can see the signs. Of a manipulative man like Holtz. Mm-hmm. He's riding too high. He needs to remember that the world can be ugly again. The exact opposite of why Stephen Connor needs to be shown the ocean is why uh, <laughs> Angel must be shown Superstar USA. <laughs> and uh, that brings us to the end of our episode. So if you would like to find us on social media that would be so sweet of you you can find us at angel on top cast on both twitter and instagram uh we do fun stuff on there if you'd like to support us on patreon you can go to angelontop.com uh we so appreciate it and it would be really nice and if you would like to send us an email perhaps you love justine perhaps you hate grew perhaps 
You have an interesting take about Connor. Uh, we would love to hear it. So you can email us at angelontoppodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and if you would like to follow or find me on social media, you can look at Lorgan Mudich. Latoya, where can the people find you? And should they? I mean, after the reaction to the Graham Graham thing <laughs> that we acknowledge in the podcast, no, don't find me. I gave I gave an inch <laughs> and you people took a mile. As always, the internet was a mistake. <laughs> uh, but this podcast was not. Uh, next week, uh, I mean, two weeks from now, uh, next episode, we finish season three of Angel. Uh, I cannot believe it. It has been bananas. Um, but I'm really looking forward to doing it with you, buddy. Yeah, I think it's going to be the peak of us insulting buffering. Because <laughs> why not? Come on, I, I believe in us. We can always get worse. <laughs> um, and on that note, later, Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.